This podcast is brought to you by Nerd Wallet. Are you paying for your me time with just any credit card in your wallet? While you shouldn't stop treating yourself, you should start paying with a credit card that has perks. Nerd Wallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side by side to maximize your spending. Some even offering 10 times points on your spending. So what could future you do with better rewards? A free flight? Room upgrades? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and term supply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. everyone. I'm Katie Couric and welcome to Next Question. Katherine Hahn is an absolute scream, as you may have guessed from watching her on the hit Marvel show WandaVision. Hey boys, why don't we give your mom some me time? Agnes, are you sure? Oh, absolutely. Or noticed in blockbuster aught comedies like Step Brothers. Hi, um, I'm Alice. I'm Derek's wife. Hi. Uh, is it true that you struck Derek in the face and he, and he fell from the treehouse? Yeah, he, he asked me to. Oh, that's the most amazing thing I've ever heard. Or maybe you knew all along, given her propensity for all two relatable characters. Are you blaming me? No, I'm not blaming you. I, I'm just saying that we need to take some responsibility for the situation. A lot of women have babies at 41. I thought I could, too. I had a chance to sit down with Catherine recently to talk about all of her new projects. Why at 47, she is El Fuego on fire. But also I got to know her a little bit, find out what makes her comedy secret weapon and understand why we are all so lucky to be living in the Renaissance. Catherine Hahn, congratulations. All these great things are happening. We could not be more thrilled for you. It must feel pretty damn good to be like on fire, El Fuego, as my husband would say. I mean, it definitely feels very surreal because, I mean, as all of us are, I'm still kind of stuck at home. I don't have social media, so I, I'm I'm hearing like bits and pieces of what's happening, and I know the show <laughs> has landed, which I'm thrilled about, and um, but. And I'm just tickled by it. But it, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, yes, bananas and so flattered and also feels so like a, another person's life. It feels very, very surreal. 
Well, I want to talk about WandaVision because it's such a, it's so original, which I think is the best compliment you can give a show these days because there's so much content out there, Catherine, and to have something, to have such a a different twist. And of course, like so many of your roles, it's, it's, it, it really puts women front and center, which of course mm-hmm. I'm a hundred percent for, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. before we talk about WandaVision, before we talk about sort of career stuff, I thought we'd get to know Catherine Hahn, the woman, the myth, the legend. And, and I wanted you to tell everyone about growing up in Cleveland, being a theater kid. Mm-hmm. And I'm particularly interested in what sparked your interest in acting, because I love to hear about these aha moments where people say, this is what I want to do. Like I asked Barbara Streisand that once and she said she was in the lobby of her apartment building. I believe it was in Brooklyn. And she started singing. She was like, oh my God, you know, this sounds incredible. And was there a moment where something happened and you said, this is tapping into my passion or was it an evolution? I feel like I'm inside the actor's studio. Suddenly. I know. I love it. I mean, I, I, I certainly thank God Barbara Streisand had that realization. I, I, I think certainly for me, it was, it felt almost like predetermined, Katie. I was very young. I was at a, in a Catholic school in Cleveland and it was kindergarten, I think. And there was some sort of after school program. And I just felt completely at home. And I'd always been a kid that would just disappear after school and go deep, pretend, deep, deep into pretend land. And there was just something about, something that felt very safe and something that felt very freeing about those classes, even as a young child. And then I started taking classes at the Cleveland Playhouse, which was just my holiest, holiest place um, uh, as as a kid. And I just would want to loiter there like all afternoon. I just loved being in those theaters. Just seeing an empty theater with a ghost lamp was just like, to me, the most beautiful thing. And yeah, so to me, it just felt like this inevitability. Like I just really didn't even entertain anything else. It was just who I was um, from as early as I can remember. Wow. When you were growing up, Catherine, were there actors that you looked to and thought, I want to be just like so-and-so. I mean, growing up, there was definitely some rep. That was back when like rep companies happened. Like each city would have their own kind of company of actors that you, so the Cleveland Playhouse had this group of actors that I got to see play a bazillion different parts. And so I really admired their careers because they were able to play, you know, Lear one season, you know, check off the next. I was able to, I I saw the breadth of their creativity. And that is something that was a real creative turn on to me. And then for me also, I think growing up and going to the art houses there with my mom would always take me to go see art um, movies. So for for me, it was like, uh, I mean, I was obsessed with, of course, the, the heroines of looking back, the heroines of like the seventies, like the kind of messy. I love Terry Garr. I loved, uh, of course, Diane Keaton. Gina Rollins was like the end all be all for me. So right. like just kind of the messy, imperfect, like not perfect teeth, like messy hair, just the, the complicated, messy, 
women that rode the line of funny and and sad at the same time. That was all of it. That wasn't just one or the other and wasn't there just um, to fill a role in someone else's story, but brought their whole complexity to a script like that. That was always something that was very interesting to me growing up. Yeah. You know, I think we're seeing more and more uh, almost a, a renaissance to overuse the word of, of those kind of characters, kind mm. of complete flawed, right. Difficult to categorize as good yes. or bad, just, just all those different things. And then yes. you went on to, you went on to, to Yale drama school. So you are like a classically trained thespian, <laughs> Catherine Hahn. And so how did, how did all that theater experience, um, kind of inform your choice of roles and, and, you know, not everyone has that kind of training and that kind of background. Well, I think, you know, I didn't go right after undergrad. There was a couple of years in New York City where I was a receptionist in a hair salon and I was like <laughs> digging through the backstage trying to find auditions. Uh, my husband and I would always laugh about looking at the, I don't know if you remember this. There was a there was a newspaper called The Backstage for actors that would always have like auditions in the back and there would always be a section inevitably called no pay nudity, which always made us laugh. Like, Oh, sign <laughs> us up. Like, please, I'm going to wait in line for that. audition. <laughs> um, but uh, we, um, I, you know, I got, uh, th there was like a lot of struggling years before. And, and also Williamstown theater festival was a huge part of my life, but then landing at Yale was more of a, it was more of like a kind of, I needed a sabbatical myself, albeit an expensive one, but I needed a place to land just, just to be able to do theater for a few years, not thinking that it was going to necessarily be a stepping stone to something else, but I just wanted to, uh, I just didn't want to like hustle anymore. Like I just wanted a landing place to be able to like rehearse a play at two in the morning and just be around like-minded people and be around that campus and, and, and hold on to the, like, to the craft, to the art of it that I was so moved by. And I feel like is so, um, uh, slipping away in, in a certain respect in a lot of ways. Like people can get famous so fast for so many different, different reasons. And, um, hats off for, for all of it. And for me being an actor, a huge part of it has been rejection. And that has, I think the reason I'm still here at 47 is because I've been able to weather so much of it because the, un, the I know how important the underneath is, which is I am an actor and I know it comes along with it. And I love my job. I'm sure you wanted to do the work and not just look for the work, which is so yeah. time consuming. So that must have been such a luxury for you. Yeah, and, absolutely. you know, I was, I was talking to um, Kate Winslet and uh, that's a major name drop. But I, I, I've just always really loved Kate Winslet. just drop she's, that name. She's a goddess. <laughs> isn't she? She's just a goddess. I don't know. You all would love each other, I think. Do you oh, know her? I love it. We did. We worked together. We did Revolutionary Road and I fell oh, madly right. in love. Yes. And fell madly in love. Yeah. She's fabulous. But we were talking about how you have to develop this inner core of confidence being an actor. And yeah. if you don't have a strong sense of self and 
you don't have a strong support system. I think that's why you see so many child actors get totally screwed up. Mm. How how difficult that is kind of uh, not only the acceptance, but then worried about like, well, how long, how many roles are going to come after this? And how am I going to top this? Or how am I going to equal it? Or how am I going to keep working? How am I going to pay the bills? And right. all those things. And and you're at the mercy of other people's and their taste is so subjective. Right. And, um, you know, it just, it just must be hard. And so it sounds like your love and your pure, you know, devotion to your craft and what you do, uh, it, that has helped you stay grounded through kind of the ups and downs that come with this profession, right? Well, I mean, and it certainly has taken a, a, a lot of time. And, it, I, you know, it's not lost on me that like the juiciest chapter has happened post kids, which I never would have anticipated. And I think that's really interesting and something I want to like definitely hammer home for for young women that are interested in young people that are interested in having children is that a pleasant surprise to me was that it, in fact, the opposite happened. Like, you know, you think there's going to be this invisibility shield and all of a sudden right. like an expiration date or that something. Like 40 even, Catherine, you always hear like after 40, yes. the roles dry up. Yes, they, they shrivel up and vanish. And or in fact, it, you just start to shrink into the background. And I, I have found the exact opposite. So I, I just want to continue to tell young creators and, and um, actors and actresses that that is, I have actresses in particular that I have found that to be the exact opposite. And I think it has a lot to do with like a recentering of like your, for, for me at least it has been, and which I wish somebody had given me this advice is like a recentering of like your authentic self and like what you are bringing to the table is what makes you ironically the most is what's going to get you hired and what's going to get you what's what's going to what makes you special of course like not right. trying to fit into this hollywood box that you think you need to be to get to the part of the you know i had been so sweaty sweatily walking into auditions and like scenarios that were just like, not mine, just not mine to, I, that was never going to be me. And I just didn't know, I didn't trust what I, what I personally could bring because I don't think I knew who I was yet at the time. And I just certainly didn't have the confidence. So it's like, yeah, you, to you, to Kate's point, I guess it's like this, we have to have this like weird mix, which I've just only realized very recently of this very weird mix of um, of cockiness and vulnerability <laughs> that have to like re like be hand in hand, which is a, a real tricky thing to find. Um, and I'm still trying to figure it out, I, I suppose. But don't you think it also has to do, Catherine, with sort of the expansion of how women, how we see women and this idea that, you know, the female gaze and the idea that, we do not solely exist for, you know, the objectification of of our physicality and, uh, you know, as a supporting role, but that we're worthy in and of ourselves. I'm getting very, very Jermaine Greary here, but worthy in and of ourselves to 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 play the central role yes. in these stories. And 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 it doesn't mean, uh, you know, as the the cute girlfriend or the the 
female supporting role or whatever that our stories are are worth telling because they just are. Yes. I mean, I, and I also think, I don't know if, if you've, I mean, I think, yes, A, that there are many more of creators and voices and authentic stories that are able to be told because there's clearly an audience of women that are hungry for it. And um, um, B, I don't know, I, I have found getting older that it feels almost like this space shuttle, like as it's, as I'm like zooming off and out, I, I just feel like a shedding of the unnecessary. So it just becomes like clearer and clearer what is what is really the most important. And so I'm finding myself gaining in confidence. Also something for younger women to look forward to is like the stuff that you think really had really had mattered in terms of like the outside looking in starts to matter less and less. And that is so liberating um, just in, in all aspects of life. But for, for this bird, it, it's in terms of creativity and in terms of like um, looking for projects and, and creators. If not if I, you know, there had been so much time wasted trying to like gain, get the eye of someone that I had really wanted to work with. And at a certain point, it's like, okay, why not just follow the light then? Like, why not just look towards who wants to work with me? Like, rather than like try to, and then I've been able to find these like juicy, juicy collaborations and experiences. And, and it's been really like a fulfilling, um, fulfilling chapter. When we come back, the role that cracked open Catherine's career. That's right after this. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Early in your career, I know you were discovered early on by Tim Kring uh, in the series Crossing Jordan. I love yes. Jill Hennessy, by the way, too. I think oh, she's like the hard. coolest, nicest person, oh, isn't yeah. she? And um, and and but but for a while there, you were cast as the friend, the coworker, you know, the wife, the sassy girlfriend, you know, the All kind of, of the pregnant woman. I had a big prosthetic pregnancy chapter as well. <laughs> <laughs> And, and, and was that frustrating for you? How did you, how did you get through that? And, and how did you keep from saying, Hey, 
mofos. I I I want to be the star. I don't want to be the the girl next, you know, the woman next door. You know, it was like I, I Katie, honestly, at that point, I going to what I had said before, I I really didn't think I had the agency or that I had the belief in myself to believe that I could do that. Like I, I was just trying to put one foot in front of the other and like carve a career and just go to where the yes was. I, I mean, I come from the theater. The theater is where I found the most autonomy over my performance because it was like my whole personhood. As soon as the curtain came up, that show was mine. And in terms of the camera, I just didn't feel like an ownership over like my, I guess my performance. And I felt always kind of felt, I guess when I first came to Los Angeles, like a less than, like I would look at these, like, I just, maybe I came with such a romantic idea of what it was, but I would just be like, oh, I'm not that. Oh my God, I'm not that. I'm not that. I'm not like, I just was so, um, felt like I was playing. I was like pretending to be, a actor in a TV show <laughs> rather than just like settling down into being like, I just couldn't believe still that I was, I was a theater actor. So it just didn't ever felt like true. Um, and so I didn't, I never felt like I, it should be me. Um, but I, I was always like grateful, but I will say I never felt like satisfied. Was there a role, Catherine, that was really just kind of cracked your career open that you thought, wow, everything kind of started changing when I played this? There was a couple of times it happened. Like, I, I think that there was a summer in which I got to do Step Brothers and Revolutionary Road with Kate. And that was like a personal kind of shift for me that I was able to be seen in those two wildly different parts in one summer. And then I, but I do think Afternoon Delight directed by Joey Soloway was a turning point because that was my first lead. It was an independent movie. It was a role that was like very close to the surface for me. And uh, the experience of making it was the kind of movie making that I had, I had always dreamt about in terms of that kind of like, without a better word, right at the tip of my tongue, like a 70s kind of like Cassavetes kind of movie making that just felt like very small, tight, very low budget, but very performance driven. And that was um, that was a, a shift for me, uh, certainly creatively and how I how I felt about myself confidence wise, I think, to- on yeah. camera as well. And and you you had uh, you collaborated a lot with with Joey, formerly Jill Soloway. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm curious, what was it about that collaboration that just, I mean, seemed to work? Because you went on, you played a rabbi in Transparent, of course, you starred in I Love Dick. And um, did you just feel like, oh, I've come home, I've, I, I have a meeting of the minds that I haven't had in a long time? Yes, I mean, I think the closest analogy would be it felt I felt the same way that I felt when I was back in school it was the same kind of joy of performing and I felt that kind of autonomy that I felt on stage but instead it was in front of a camera so it was like oh this is what it could be like I don't have to just stand there and 
try to like do a good job. Like uh, it's mine. Like this part is mine. I'm here because I'm valued. Like uh, it's my job is to be here and listen to this incredible actor in front of me and to just r- receive the, what, uh, what they're giving me and look into their beautiful eyeballs. And like, so it just, it felt like um, the kind of play that I hadn't been able to really feel uh, on camera before. And it felt more collaborative, It obviously. felt so collaborative. Like it felt incredibly collaborative. And I also think that their writing and the writer's room's writing was just, just kind of um, tapped into something that felt very familiar and very unspoken um, and very just very true to, to the experience of a woman person this age um, that I hadn't read before. And also it was funny and it wasn't a complete downer. And like there was all the shades in it that I was, um, that I was attracted to. That must be magical, you know? It was, and it was the same group of people, the same, um, the same crew, the same. So every, it just felt like the, it felt like we were a part of a circus. Like it just felt, I love those people so dearly. That crew, I I love so madly. And um, yeah, it just became like La Familia for sure. That must make such a difference. Like the Mm. ambiance of the set in terms of getting the best out of an actor and and, and having, feeling you are in a safe space and feeling that you're, supported. And I can only imagine how different that must feel being with a group of people that, that aren't warm and welcoming and, and happy and, you know, kind of sending out positive vibes your way when you're doing what you do. Right. Well, because especially like, I mean, and I've said this before, but like I had been on jobs where I've had to simply like, you know, smooch my co-star who I have love and adore, but like, I I felt more uncomfortable because I was like covered in spray tan, had hair extensions, had chicken cutlets in the thing, in in my bra, (laughs) like had like the Spanx on, had like, I just felt like I was like, not enough. Like I was trying to fit into this box of something. And I felt it was just, and there's a lot of hand wringing behind the monitor and a lot of like furrowed brows and like something wasn't working. And it just, the whole energy was like, oh, I just felt so sweaty. And, and I felt um, <laughs> much fun. Uh, it is really fun when you just get to work and everyone's with, sh- with a shield on with a hot with basically a spray gun at you like, oh, OK. But I, I um, yeah, real fun. A lot of contoured makeup. But I um, uh, and then t- to then walk from that kind of experience to something that's that much more like emotionally, physically vulnerable, let's say, but has so much more of a, of a feeling of like, of safety and collaboration. And where I felt much more in of ownership of who I was playing, um, just, it was a night and day. Sit tight because we are diving into the very trippy WandaVision right after this. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Let's talk about WandaVision because that has uh, been the, the latest chapter in the Renaissance and um, an unexpected chapter. So thrilling. I mean, just like who would have thunk it that after like we were just talking about like the work with Joey, like I never would have thought this was in my future. And I'm just so thrilled and tickled. It's just bananas. A Marvel TV series. I can see why it it is unex- was unexpected for you. And <laughs> And it's such, and, and, and I, I said earlier, Catherine, it's so original. And for the uninitiated, can you mm. kind of describe this series? A lot of people have seen it. Uh, it's getting rave reviews and it's become, it has a cult following and all that jazz. But for people who haven't, it's, you know, it's hard to describe. Yes. So give it a shot. Okay, I'm going to give it a shot. I, I think it is, if you have watched any of the Marvel films, uh, the thing that o- would always stick out to me was this little ember of flame between Vision and Wanda. Uh, Vision is an android, um, a robot, and Wanda is the Scarlet Witch, although she's not defined as such until this this show. But they have a, such a dear love connection in the films. And this just basically takes that relationship and kind of expands it, as it were. Wanda Maximoff, the character in the comics, has a very deep and traumatic backstory. Um, This is a show about her handling her grief, told through American sitcoms, which she had used as a coping mechanism uh, growing up. Wanda. Is there something special about today? Well, I know the apron is a bit much, dear, but I am doing my best to blend in. No, no, there on the calendar, someone's drawn a little heart right above today's date. Oh, yes, the heart. Hmm. Well, don't tell me you have forgotten, Viz. Forgotten? I wonder I'm incapable of forgetfulness. I remember everything. That's not an exaggeration. In fact, I'm incapable of exaggeration. Well, then tell me what's so important about today's date. What was the question again? And you just have to kind of go along for the ride because it is, it's kind of, it's a little trippy, as they might say, right? Yes. And you're like, wait a second. For me, of course, it harkened back to my childhood watching those sitcoms. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like, 
it's it's a it's it's a real lift of bewitched and you're kind of the Gladys Kravitz character, right? Yes, exactly. Wanda, hmm. can I give you a bit of friendly advice? Is it about the way I'm dressed? Yes, but it's too late for that. <laughs> Dottie is the key to everything in this town. Country club memberships, parties, school admissions. Well, let's not get ahead of ourselves. You get in with Dottie and it'll be smooth sailing from here on out. Just mind your P's and Q's and you're going to do just fine. Or maybe I could just be myself, more or less. (laughs) Oh, Wanda, that's good. (laughs) I think part of the fun is to see how everything unfolds, because it's very confusing at first, it is. right? It's a, puzzle, it's a puzzle box, and it's a sl- it's a slow burn at first, um, but I think that the pa- that your patience will pay off, and I also think, just uh, to your point, Katie, to just enjoy the nostalgia of looking at some of these old sitcoms, and if you're a younger person and hasn't seen these old sitcoms, it's kind of amazing to watch how comedy has evolved, A, how culture has evolved, B. Um, uh, just, you know, I, I loved it from an actor's point of view, just to see like where women's voices registered from the 50s on. Like it was so interesting to d- do a deep dive into that. Right. I was so weird, like how high it was and like no one landed sentences. Like the women always kept it like, it was kind of always a question at the end, like not threatening. And it was like, oh God. Um, And so uh, it's kind of like a deep dive in those ways. But then there's also this kind of twilight zone element to the whole thing that keeps you, that keeps this tension happening. Um, And then it's full and MCU um, extravaganza at the end. So you know that that's coming. but the way it unfolds is very, uh, very unexpected. It was a really ambitious um, and beautiful, ambitious pitch by Jack Schaefer, the writer, and by Matt Shackman, the director, and Kevin Feige, who came up with the idea. And I was just so thrilled to hear about it. And like I had said before, I couldn't have dreamt of a, of a more incredible part to enter this world in. <laughs> and, and you know, and I don't think you necessarily think of Marvel TV and female centric in the yes. same in the same sentence. So it is really a departure from what we've come to expect. Yes. And Jack Schaefer, who wrote it, is a woman and Jack wrote the whole series. And like most of the writers room were women. And the fact that it is a th- that was also a huge turn on for me, Katie, is that the right is that it's basically a superhero origin story rooted in feelings and grief and not just like, you know, getting hit by a magnet or whatever. And that's how you get your superheroes. It's like, it is actually rooted in processing feeling and that there was something very new and um, interesting about that to me. And the fact that it is so women, woman centric was also of course, very interesting to me. Um, and to take the idea of like the do- domesticity and kind of start to flip it and just to see like where we've come and like the, all of it historically, like where we find, where is our power source? Like where is our, like it's it, it, all of it is baked into the stew of this show for sure. And I was, um, yeah, just tickled, tickled to be a part of it. And so happy it landed the way it did 
So it, exciting. It, it really has. So what has the reaction been getting back to you, Catherine, and to WandaVision? I mean, um, do you think now people are seeing you in a whole new light? Tell me, because that this Marvel universe is just chock-a-block full of crazy fans. So w- what has happened to you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my kids are nicer to me. Um, I would, I, I think, I mean... It is like the fan base is really, truly amazing. And and Lizzie, I remember Lizzie and Paul saying, you know, it's a bummer that you don't get to experience the in-person thrill of some of these premieres or junkets because, you you know, it's a very, it is a real thrill Um, because, you know, I'm again, I'm just like at home. So I have no real sense of, of any of it, but, um, but surely you're kind of getting, I mean, fan mail and, you know, obviously people are talking about it. And and my friend who's on TikTok keeps telling me that there's like a gazillion TikToks, which are so sweet to think about. And like the, the meme makes me laugh a lot. And Um, Agatha Harkness, your character even has her own theme song that is like top the iTunes chart. I mean, what is happening? What is happening, Catherine Hahn? written by the Lopez's like it that is so yeah that was a really crazy week when I heard that I was like you guys are kidding I was like what are you talking about yeah billboards I'm billboard charts billboards I can't even talk yeah (laughs) the billboards (laughs) were you a Marvel person before this all happened I mean I was I watched the Marvel all like the vendor stuff with my kids but then when I I mean I was really so moved and thrilled and profoundly affected by Black Panther. I loved it so much. And then, then I was so excited by um, uh, Captain Marvel and so excited that um, it was led by a woman, by Brie. And then I was so excited to hear about the slate coming up and how many women and how many incredible filmmakers are involved. Um, so yeah, there's like, I'm so excited about this next ch- chapter. And there have, of, and of course, because of my children, um, I knew enough to get into all the Avenger movies, but I definitely needed a brush up before starting this for sure. So are you going to be a part of the, this world in the future? I, What's going on? Or do you have a special, can we break some news here, Catherine? What if we just break? I, I wish I have zero idea. No one has said a, no one has breathed a word. So I have no idea. I did find one of my long black nails in a bag and it made me very nostalgic that I had lost one of my black <laughs> Agatha nails. I was like, oh, which were held on by duct tape. But really? I could Agatha resurface, though, you think? I mean, they certainly leave it that way. All right. So let's talk about what you're doing now, Catherine. You are doing um I'm fascinated by this project you're doing, The Shrink Next Door, which is based on a podcast, which takes yes. place in in Southampton um, with Paul Rudd and Will Ferrell. And tell, can what can you tell us about that? Because I think I have a friend who said she lived near the real person when this happened. So yes. can you uh, can you kind of explain what this is all about and when does it come out? 
I'm not sure when it comes out. I know it's Apple and it's um, uh, uh, written. The showrunner is the amazing Georgia Prichette who did, um, uh, who worked on Veep and Succession and she's an inc- incredible, incredible writer. And it's an adaptation, like just a, a lo- based loosely, loosely, loosely on the podcast called The Shrink Next Door. And it, which kind of follows a person's relationship, longtime relationship with their therapist uh, turned business partner and kind of how they were maybe taken advantage of financially and emotionally over a very long period of time. And, and you play the sister of the of of the patient, right? I play the sister of the patient who is who they stopped communicating for about thirty years during this relationship that he formed with his uh, ex therapist turned business partner. But um, it it sounds like a creepy study in codependency. Is it funny? Is it serious? What is it exactly? It it rides. It will hopefully ride the line. Um, ride right on that line between between the both. Of course, it's going to be funny because it's those uh, incredible gentlemen and who are just, I humbly think, going to be magnificent in it. And um, uh, hopefully it'll be right between because it is really like, I mean, just the, the work I've been able, I mostly work with Will in it and the work I've seen him do already is just heartbreak hotel. So I'm very excited so, for the world to see it. I love him very much, both of them. I'm very excited to to see it too. Yeah. And I think everybody is thrilled for all your success oh, and Katie. can't wait to see what you do next. And um, just great to talk to you, Catherine, I know. about you know, I everything. Saw you, the last time I saw you was, was when people used to have parties and you were so generous and sweet to me. I just will never forget it. I was like, oh my God, oh my gosh. Anyway, <laughs> it's a crazy? That was so nice <laughs> well, to see you. Do you remember those well, things with four heels? I, I do. I do. I don't think I want to go back to wearing heels, but I would like to go back to seeing people. You know, it's almost going to be weird because are you going to be thinking, oh, this person is kind of breathing on me. Am I going to be okay? Like when you, you even just talking in normal conversation, I think it's going to be this big adjustment period. And it's like when you watch TV shows and you're like, <gasps> They're sitting too close. Are there too many people at that party? Are, are, you know, know, they're not being careful. What are they doing? It's so weird, I isn't feel it? I feel that all the time. And then I read, I just read this article about like why it's okay to feel super anxiety, super exhausted and a bit anxious after you've had an in-person social interaction. And it was basically like, A, you aren't taking in as much oxygen. So you're just exhausted because you've got the max mask on right. and also you have to shout. So it's like more energy and then see like- I know, I feel like I'm deaf by the way, cause I can never understand anybody. I can't understand anybody. And I think I am getting a little deaf on top of that. I am too. And the wrong words are coming out. And also I'm just not used to interactions in person. And so I just feel like I'm like, oh, like everyone's trying to relearn how to be an actual human being. I think so. It's going to be very whatever parties they are. There should be disclaimers about like how awkward the interactions are going to be. I know. You know, it's funny. I I did um, Ellen's show to just talk about a bunch of stuff and you know Jeopardy and that my cancer work and 
like I couldn't think of words because <laughs> I, I I was I felt so much pressure being like in person. And I mean, I have sometimes have like brain farts anyway, but Literally. I just was like, it was just weird. I I felt sort of on edge being face to face with somebody I didn't see regularly and talking. Yes. The fact that you have had that experience, I feel so seen and I feel like so many people are going to are going to feel seen hearing that because I find that all the time and I'm feeling very reassured because you are a, so brilliant and the fact that you're having a hard time finding finding words is making oh, yeah. me feel a teeny bit better because I couldn't find the word ricotta yesterday. The ricotta cheese like it was gone. Just absolutely gone. Like I, I think my daughter had to be like ricotta. Like I literally like was absolutely out of my mind for, forever. Well, this should reassure everyone listening who is having multiple daily brain farts that yeah. um, it's all, and I should have Sanjay Gupta talk about what this has done to our brains and our memories. And I think maybe that'll help people too. Oh, Catherine, Oh. Really great to see you. I, I I I can't wait till one day I can see you in person. But in the meantime, oh, you know, huge congratulations on everything. And uh, what can I say? We we love you, and I you know we're just so happy and proud, happy for you, and proud of you. There you go. Oh, I got those words right. This was <laughs> the best. I am so flattered to be on this, and thank you so much, Catherine Hahn. Hashtag new favorite person. If you haven't already, you can catch her on WandaVision on Disney+. Next Question with Katie Couric is a production of iHeartMedia and Katie Couric Media. The executive producers are me, Katie Couric, and Courtney Litz. The supervising producer is Lauren Hansen, associate producers Derek Clements, Adriana Fazio, and Emily Pinto. The show is edited and mixed by Derek Clements. For more information about today's episode or to sign up for my morning newsletter, Wake Up Call, go to katiecouric.com. You can also find me at katiecouric on Instagram and all my social media channels. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 